Alright. This is going to be tape 4. For Saturday, June 8th, year 2013. A lot of kids, it probably takes pressure off them if their parents aren't there. Not all of them, of course, but some kids really feel pressure from their parents. Well, actually, I know. Yeah, probably. probably. With our friend Gloria McMillan and her husband Ron, they run a acting, dancing studio. And the way they, they have it set up, the parents can go up to the third level and look down and watch the kid, but the, the kid, kid cannot see them. You know, the sort of inter oh. the interaction yeah. that way. Yeah. Does she talk about stage mothers at all? Oh, yeah. So, there's another reason to keep the dads out. The lot of them walk in. Now, how soon can I take my daughter to Hollywood? The, you know, they want to know after oh. the second or third lesson, can they start taking their kid to, uh, yeah. you know. Do they ever try to tell Gloria what to do? Uh, some will be structured, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you know, uh, but uh, Gloria loved the kids so much because all of them were just good kids and a good opportunity for, uh, to create confidence and expressions and things. So, you know, for her, it's, it's all good. Yeah. Yeah, this, this, um, studio that she goes to, the ladies are Christian. Mm -hmm. And, like, all tonight, it's, it's like, um, they're, they're all Christian songs that have been played, mm -hmm. and um, you know maybe like the first song of like uh, maybe like Hallelujah chorus mm -hmm. or something like that. Right. Um, names are like that clap clapping to the Lord or something like that. They're just all um, there's no raunchy stuff mm -hmm. whatsoever. There's no raunchy dressing, mm -hmm. you know, at all. In fact. What's the number of costumes that they have is incredible, and and even just the caliber of the costumes down to the little teeny little kids, you know. I know my wife has been working her butt off the last few weeks, and she she brought her sewing machine down there, you know, helping with all of these costumes. And I got I told my daughter tonight, I said I got sequins in my bathroom, you know, because there's she's been doing some stuff at home too, and. There's sequins that have been getting transferred throughout the house. <laughs> yeah. It's um, my wife is so so good that way, uh, you know, helping out so much. And she had to drive her all the time until last year when she got her license, more um, like two years ago. Um, when she comes home with a date. How do you greet the young man? What did you say about a date? When she, when come she comes home. home. I'm sorry, go ahead, Walter. When she comes home with a date, how do you handle the young man? Uh, she doesn't. She no, has you. No oh, she interest. doesn't come home with one? Uh, and the way that, um, that we believe and have taught and have not had any issue whatsoever with it is that, you know, and it may sound strange to you, I understand that it may, it certainly wasn't what I was taught, but 
I was, if it was, it would have, and if I embraced it when I was a young man, it would have saved me a lot of heartache. Uh, we don't believe in just dating for the sake of dating, but if, if they were interested in each other through, you know, being in life around each other, um, is how it would normally happen. Um, well, that's how it's been happening, like at our church anyway, or when they go away to college, like my other daughter just graduated from um, the master's college down at, uh, was it, you're at Costa Mesa? Uh-huh, I'm in Costa Mesa, yeah. Okay, so that's the wrong one. I'm thinking that because of you. Mm -hmm. But it's down south anyway more. Right. It's like four hours south of, of where I'm at. Mm -hmm. Um a lot of people get married from going to school and being around each other, but then she, had, my older daughter, had two boyfriends there. But even though she was over 18, when she was going to college, um, uh, you know, after they found out that, you know, they were very interested in each other, possibly to the point of, um, you know, she used them like somebody I would like to marry, well, she would bring them, after knowing them for this long time, she would bring them up here, and I, uh, the young man actually, we'd have them into our living room, and um, I mean, it'd be like staying up here for the weekend, too, you know, like the, he would go sleep at friend's house uh, the two nights that he'd be here, that's what has happened, and um, the young man would talk to both my wife and I, and we would learn about him, and he would actually express the desire to go out with my daughter, even though she's older, you know, and um, I wish my wife was explaining all this, because she would do it so much better, but um, in both cases, you know, I'd be asking, so you aren't just looking to have a good time, right, but you're looking in hopes of the potential of actually marrying my daughter. Like, you're not going out and test driving this Ferrari, you know? Mm -hmm. and, and in both cases, you know, the young man said yes. Um, and, you know, and we granted the permission uh, um, to both of them. Uh, oh, wow, that's college. She actually did have a boyfriend before college, and I was really hoping that they were going to get married, and it really looked like it, and then actually at one point later, um, when she was getting ready to go to college, yeah, and then he uh, decided that he didn't want to. Now, I personally told him, look, look, even though this is all supposed to be, you know, not just having fun, but you're, you are hoping and going towards getting married, I do not want you to feel obligated to the point that you feel pressured and can follow through and go and get married to my daughter when she really, you know, didn't feel sure about it, didn't love her, you know, right. like crazy. Right. So... I just I want to express that to you. I express that to him aside. It sounds like the girls have been prepared to make some really great choices. Pardon me? I said it sounds like the girls have been prepared to make some wonderful choices. Yes, they have. 
and my my younger daughter, she has not expressed that I have heard because she lives a lot with my wife while I'm sleeping in here in the day, you know. I have not heard her express any desire yet toward the person. I think she's frankly too busy to, but she's not there yet, I don't think, you know, at this 17. One good marriage. Did you get an envelope this week from me? Pardon me? Have you gotten you... an envelope? What? Do we what? Have you gotten an envelope from Patricia? Have I gotten mail? Yes. Oh, um, you know what? I just saw two envelopes outside my door. Um, outside my bedroom. You don't have to go look for one. <laughs> yes. Yeah, he got them, Patricia. There you go. All okay, right. we've got one on the list. We're having some mail problems this week, so I'm happy that you, oh. that you got them. It's smaller than usual. I guess you did it in a shorter time. Uh-huh. She did. Period. Okay. She did. So are you ready for another question? Sure. Oh, you know, right. Just before I uh, phoned in, you guys yeah. were talking, I heard you talking about Milkman. Milkman, you bet. Uh, and I was thinking that, that I don't know if that's the thing, but I'm just going to say that I was thinking when when I was little and the Milkman was very common, although we never used them because we were raised on that powder and we just mixed maybe half, I think, of talked about that with you guys right. a time ago. Right. But uh, summertime, like right now, while he would be delivering milk to my next door neighbor, us little boys who, who when we dared it, um, would run to the back, hop inside the back, and just grab a chunk of the ice, which was sort of like real heavy duty you know, maybe like five or ten times coarser ice than a snow cone. It was, you know, it was chipped up like small and kind of compressed. But that was, they, they had the, the metal racks that they now kept the milk in was there. And the ice was, I don't know if they just, when they started out their day, how, how they put it in there, if they like blew it in there or sprinkled it in there or what, but... Uh, it was there just melting the the milk, um, kind of like a kind of like a truck van combination thing. It, it, it had to have been made with the full intent of having this ice because uh, it, it has some kind of metal floor. And uh, every once in a while, if the milkman had just turned around, was coming back to the milk truck, he'd say, "Hey, you kids," because he didn't really know what we were doing. And I'm sure you know what? If we would have asked him, he probably would have gave us some. <laughs> So, I don't know. It was just the, the, the beginning devious minds of little boys. Oh, you bet. So, what is the, the topic tonight? It was cereal. Strange cereal, Patricia figured out. Right, Patricia? I had some strange ones, that's for sure. Yeah, that was, that was our topic. Oh. So, well, tell me, like, one or two of the strangest. Wait, wait, oh, some of the strange ones, Patricia. The really strange ones? Yeah. Um, hold on, I put them away. <laughs> um, we had, we had, um, we had nerds, huh? and gremlins. Nerds. Nerds, and 
Fingo's. Do you know how Fingo's got its name, Walden? I have never heard of it, but I'm asking. I never either. did either. It didn't last very long. It was breakfast cereal that kids could eat with their fingers. Sounds wonderful. Isn't that great? <laughs> I mean, really, really taught some. Nerds is a candy out here. Manners here. Yeah, it was. It, Patricia found out it was, started out as a candy and then eventually made it a cereal. Oh, that must mean it's probably brightly colored and yep. super sweet or yep. something. If it didn't have maybe. marshmallows, it was dipped in sugar. Sometimes <laughs> it was dipped in sugar and had marshmallows. We had very extra special stuff. Huh. But my goodness, we had very little nutrition in some of these things. So, Okay, here's your question. Sure. Hey, just, oh. just one second. Yeah. Well, then, She's coming in a lot louder than you are. Okay, I me. did. I did that on purpose. Do you need? You want me to turn myself up? Uh, you just did, right? No, I haven't. I can do that right now. Oh, well, you're good. You're good now. You maybe repositioned your. I, I got closer to the microphone, so that okay. that can Walden, do that. Walden tends to lean back and put his hands behind his head. Oh, you know and me so well. His microphone doesn't come with him. Oh, okay. I know when you laugh real hard, Walden, then you 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 pull away. Yeah, then, I huh? do. I do that on purpose. Yeah. Okay, yeah I, you don't I, want to overwhelm it. Yeah, I just didn't want to overwhelm it. When Patricia when Patricia pushed me on the floor laughing, I just can't help myself. Yeah. Poor baby. <laughs> okay, I've got some product questions. Okay. I want I want two out of four. I'm going to give you some names. And you tell me what the product is associated with them, okay? Choo Choo okay. Charlie. What was what did Choo Choo Charlie advertise? Oh, I do not know. Never heard of Choo Choo Charlie. Okay, I bet Walden knows. Don Wilson for Jack Benny advertised this, and the Aldridge family was sponsored by this product. What was it? Uh, who advertised it for, was for Jack? Well, it was, it was Don Wilson and Jack Benny together on this on the same show. It was the so Jack Benny show. Hello? Don. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Okay, that's one. Jello, you bet. Jello. Okay. J-E-L-L-O. Yeah. I did that terrible. And the most irritating shtick that they did for a while was this silly echo. Uh-huh. And we'd have... Yep, in the late 40s. Oh, gosh, it was terrible. It was terrible. Okay, <laughs> hold on. I just messed up my stuff. Okay, uh, do you know what Horlicks was? And actually is. They still make it. You know, I didn't make out what you were saying, a bit, this vibrating sound. Or echoing sound. What was it again? Well, they, it was for Jello. Jello in the late in the late forties. Meredith Wilson. Uh, yeah, it was Ma- lemon lime. Uh, uh, Meredith Wilson had a eight quartet. She had eight singers try to sing it with an echo effect. Oh. And uh, poor Patricia. It was supposed to be jiggling like the. Jello. Oh, oh, I see. Yeah. It was terrible. Well, I say it was terrible. Obviously, somebody liked it, including the sponsor. It just, it it makes me jittery to have to listen to it. Okay, okay so what was... really kind of jiggle okay, it so, up then. So, so you have one. So I want to know, um, 
yeah, we had Jello. Okay, I tried to I tried to mark it off and got lost in my own stuff. Okay, who? I'm going to go back to the other way. Who advertised for Wrigley's Spearmint Gum? You can freshen up and get some spice in your day, and I like it, and it's refreshing. I'm lost. Okay. Okay. How about what is the product Morton's? Morton's what? Salt. Very good. You know, when you get Morton's all by itself, kind of looks strange. Morton salt. Very good. Okay, so you got jello and Morton salt, and that's all I was asking for. Perfect. Okay. So what would you like? I imagine you got to save a bunch for whoever else calls, right? She got a Maybe I can't just hear, hear and be answering them for fun <laughs> because you'll run out eventually, right? That's true. That's true. She's got to okay. save a few there. Okay. Are you guys doing good? Uh-huh. We're doing good. I think... I think Patricia and I are looking forward to playing the film again Molly show. So that way we're gonna get up and stretch for a few minutes. So okay. besides that we're doing good, aren't we, Patricia? We are, but I need to know what goes in your new envelope, Paul. Okay. Uh just a second. Let me get a knife here. Hang on. No, no. What what do you what show do you want that I will Oh, 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 oh yeah. 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 I didn't say that very well. Were you wrapping up on Hello? The, yeah. Paul? Are, are you there? Oh, you disconnected. Paul. I guess not. Okay. <laughs> you can send me an email and let me know what you would like. FloridaWriter at Hotmail.com So, we are talking about the Fibber show. Where is Fibber? I lost Fibber. Oh, dear me. You know, I need smaller lists. <laughs> I've got something like 70 pages. <laughs> okay, here we go. Fibber. Fibber McGee and Molly. We've got the end of one show, which I thought was very peculiar, and the beginning, or actually the entire show. So they spend maybe six or seven minutes left over and then they go to an ad and or some Kingsman stuff mm-hmm. and then they go into this, this new show so the new show is really short and it was surprising and they got the whole thing in there I mean it didn't sound like it was short shrifted um, that's an expression I have to look up as well so anyway, while while Fibber and Gildersleeve are doing tete-a-tetes and finishing up last week's show, the phone rings and Fibber is offered a job one day for $10 at a hardware store. Now, Gildersleeve, maybe, I don't know if you're going to listen to it, Walden. I'm going to check out and probably, I'll, I'll try to see if I can arrange a way for me to hear it. You bet. I'll yeah, well, I mean, you, you don't have to, but there's something in there that maybe somebody can pick up. Gildersleeve, when they were in the beginning of the show, fell asleep, and he was snoring and clearly dreaming, as Gildersleeve did, mm-hmm. and gave one of his little Gildersleeve laughs, mm-hmm. but he ad-libbed something, and I've tried and tried and tried, and I cannot hear 
what he said. It was not scripted. It was something he stuffed in himself, and mm-hmm. Molly just exploded. And the audience exploded. They just loved it. And I don't know what it is. Okay, I will <laughs> so, listen for it. I will get so up. We can even hear Harlow Wilcox oh. laughing in the background. So whatever it was, he did a really good job. Okay. And um, Gail Gordon is Mr. Plummer, the owner of the hardware store. He wasn't the mayor until October 14, 1941, and this was May 21, 1940. So he was doing parts like Gildersleeve did parts until they got a really solid character of their own. So Gail, it was kind of fun listening to Gail Gordon as a different character. He is Mr. Plummer, owner of the hardware store, who offered $10 to Fibber, heaven help him. I always thought he was a little more intelligent than that. But he offered Fibber $10 to run the store. So Teeny is in here, too. She wants roller skates, bless her little heart. And what is, this is really a great show. It's just so rich with things. The audience applauded the sound effects. Not, not The closet didn't open, but there were sound effects that were done extremely well. And the audience applauded the sound effects people. And I thought that was so great. Wow. Yeah. So it's got a lot of stuff. So anyway, this is the McGee's Mind Plumber's Hardware Store. There are a couple of different titles that float around, but essentially they get to a hardware store in here. And it's from May 21st, 1940. We are from a more modern time, but we're pooping out. So we'll be back after the show. Here we go. Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. Give me a second there, folks. I hit the wrong button. Let's try it this way. The Johnson Wax Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. The makers of Johnson's Wax and Johnson's Self-Polishing Glow Coat present Marion and Jim Jordan as Fibber McGee and Molly with Bill Thompson, the King's Men, and Billy Mills Orchestra. The show opens with Liza.
Everything is quiet again at 79 Wistful Vista. Last week, Fibber and Mr. Gildersleeve sat down to play their play off their long-standing grudge with a game of checkers. So we hope that's settled for good and all. Let's go and see what's happened since then at the home of Fibber McGee and Molly. This is Harlow Wilcox, speaking to the makers of Johnson's Wax and Johnson's Self-Polishing Glow Coat, inviting you all to join us again next Tuesday night. Good night. This is the National Broadcasting Company. Let's say I put that from May 21, and uh, there we go. Dear Lord, thank you for the opportunity of being here with our listeners and supporters. Thank you for forgiving our shortcomings, our sins, the things that we don't do right. Help our friends and our neighbors. Help the, the poor and the needy, Lord. Bless them. We ask this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. All right, we'll be back. Thank you, Ann Sheldon. That was lovely. And now it's medley time, calling for something old, something new, something barred, and something blue. Our old song, In the Gloaming. Jaws for Windows is ready. Welcome to Skype. Selected Bill Bragg, Patricia Carolyn Brock, Carolyn K A C Q R A J U K J U. All change. Bill Bragg. Jerry at Michael. Page down. Search page. Selected Bill Bragg. Bowling Kenner. Reps. Plus one. Bill Brock. Claire Schultz. Cynthia. Dennis R. Frank Rest. Jeff Silk. Jim Taylor. K A. Carolyn. Carolyn Rhymes. Patricia Hewitt, phone number 20 of applications. Send SMS, invite the group call. Enter, leaving menus. Patricia Hewitt, phone number, unloading JAWS. Cancel, okay, but... Nobody's home tonight. Oh, I think there's one. My buddy. The one and only. The one and only. Check around. The one and only. Hi, everybody. We're back. We are we have the We have the bunny rabbit with the... Uh, <laughs> Slowly, not a bushy tail. He's fading. Yeah, I know. But well, I have some stuff. I've got stuff here. I know. Here. I know. But I know. Well, I'm I'm more probably than you because I didn't get out until twelve thirty, out of bed. So I'm more pucky than you. Oh. Life is life. Oh. Life is fair, isn't it? Well, somebody had to do it. Somebody had to wait, sweep in. Yeah, that had to be me at that time. Yeah, I mean, it's a yeah. terrible job, but somebody has to do it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So. I'm trying, I listened to the thing over the phone, and I couldn't uh-huh. quite understand what he was saying. I'm almost going to have to look for a better copy. I know there's he, better sounding copies. Grab it either. Yeah. yeah. And it's not a bad copy. It's just that he said it so quietly, uh-huh. I'm suspecting that facial expressions, and he might have mouthed the word. It could have been an inside. Whatever he did, so yeah. other people knew, but it was kind of on the QT. Yeah, it was on an in, in, inside joke kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but my goodness, they sure had a good laugh over it. Oh, yeah. So oh, I demand, yeah. I demand to oh, know you remember, remember a few years ago, we looked up the word TL? We couldn't find, and we finally figured out what TL meant. Right, yeah. And remember, T, 
QT is another one, isn't it? Uh-huh. What is it? Keep it quiet? I don't know. Q... QT. Quiet, Tubby. I don't know. Quiet. Hmm. All right. QT. Let's see. I got QT. a TL for you. I have a TL for you. And gosh darn it, don't you know. I know. I heard it on a show just last week. Mm-hmm. Did I write down what show it was? Of nope. course not. Mm -mm. And it even made sense. I mean, it was used in context as you opposed bet. to just you all bet. by itself. Okay. QT meaning that will work. <laughs> hurry, hurry, hurry. Walton's waiting. What does QT mean? Just one word. Urban did, dictionary. Did, did my Patricia have a snack? Yes. Did she, she take? Did she have her medicine? She had a grilled cheese sandwich oh. because she didn't have her dinner tonight. Oh, you. So mm -hmm. I know when I come visit you, well, I know what we're going to be able to eat at four in the morning. That's good. Yes. Yes. Good. Oh, we we always have cheese. Okay. <clears throat> well, ninety nine percent of the time we have cheese. Occasionally, I have to go buy it, but. It's always, not always, it's frequently on a price-off type thing, you know, two, four, instead of... Uh-huh. You know, now, it's, what so kind of, I, did we put this on white bread? We put it on white bread. Okay. And we figured out how to do this in the toaster oven. Okay. Now, do we have any sauce or uh, toppings? Oh, Worcestershire sauce, sure. Ah, okay. Sure. Okay. Any other questions? No, I, I'm, I'm going to be happy when you, you feed me. You, are, you have your curiosity satisfied. Uh-huh. I, um, I had White Castle, so. Oh, how many? Well, they come two in a small little package. So I had two packages. Okay. You know? Is your tummy happy? Uh-huh. I, okay. I brushed my teeth, too. Oh, my goodness. No, I didn't get to do that. Mm -hmm. I was eating the last mouthful when everybody <laughs> said good night. I mean, it takes time. You uh -huh. know, it's like wine. A good sandwich takes time. I know. So, anyhow, quiet, the QT means quiet. Um, quiet. QT. Well, I mean, it's the first well, and last yeah, letter. Yeah, we figured Q got me for quiet, but the T. Yeah, it's the first and last letter. And they're saying that's what QT means, quiet. Oh, okay. Quiet. QT. I thought maybe it was something fresh from guys. Hey, cutie. Uh, you know that kind of stuff? Uh-huh. I mean, that's a whole lot. You know, you know, though, there's, there's a term. I, I want to even people, uh, kids like Matt, even you, hey cutie, I want that even in the vernacular anymore. I wonder if they know what it is. That's what I mean. Oh. I mean, I don't use it, but I know what it is. Yeah. Hey, Walden. Yes. How you doing, cutie? How uh, you doing? How's that? Oh, that's, that's it. Good. That's, that's good. Okay. That's it. At the, at the New Yorkie. What, no, New Jersey. No. Hey, How are you doing? How are you doing? Are you doing, cutie? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're right. That's up there. You know. Oh, it's well. It's up there. You know, I, 
Now, I bet you a vernacular still used back then until today. Hey, babe. That babe, I bet, still has been the one forever. I don't know if that ever got out of style. You know what I mean? <laughs> do, do you think? There are a couple of things I beg people not to call me. But babe do, is one of them. Yeah, but... But don't you, but don't you think that that no, one? No, I don't think about. Don't, don't you think, think that's never sort of gone out of style? I bet that one still, still in use. Well, yeah, it is, and I know it is because every single song that somebody puts out on the market has <laughs> baby, 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 hey, baby, 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 love, love, baby, 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 baby. I got you, babe. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't there anything we do more creative than saying, hey, baby, baby, baby? <laughs> Aren't there any other terms of endearment? Well, that's why I think those great songs that Richard and Hart and Richard and Hamilton all wrote, yeah. they, they were a little more sophisticated than, hey, babe. Oh, I mean, it isn't even, hey, babe. It's, hey, baby, 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 baby. Oh, baby, 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 baby. I am not. Um, babe and baby are... Well, bunny is okay. <laughs> How come bunny is okay and babe isn't? <laughs> I don't get this. Well then, I need help. Let me think about that for a while. Gee. Okay. I thought. Never mind. I don't know. Well. That's an interesting thought. Now I think I think hey hey bunny, hey rabbit, you know. Yeah, rabbit's good. Rabbit's fine. Um, I don't like babe and uh, broad. Oh, oh my I think I think uh, every guy would probably get shoot shot down if he ever used the word hey broad, or dame. Or uh, this dame. is my this is my broad. Ooh, I don't think, think I look if if a guy took a go out and introduced that. I think he would be dumped that afternoon, uh -huh. wouldn't he? And my old lady and my yes. old man. Yep. I mean, women do this too. This is my old man. Well, that's nice. And the old man is going to. Where did these things come from? But I think old man's not as harsh as my old lady. That's, that's I think, comes over harsher. Well, I'm not proud of either one. You know, know, you know, you guys uh, didn't earn that kind of disrespect. Well, you know, but I, what I like, guys who've been married to the wife for 56, <laughs> you know, 56 years, uh, mm -hmm. you know, what I introduce uh, some wives, they say, I should introduce you to my first wife. Yes, or my sweetheart. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, old man, old man. Oh, oh, yeah. pick me, pick yeah. me, pick yeah. me. Yeah. Uh, my hand's up. Pick yeah. Me. Uh, Bunny rabbit with the with the left paw? No, it's my right paw. <laughs> I don't know my right from my left either. No wonder my GPS I is would, all upset. I was never told. I I was I was accused as a as a as an instant that I didn't know my left and right too. So, all right, right paw rabbit, what you got? Okay. Well, last week we were talking about Hemingway. Yes. Gosh, we talk about so many things. We were talking about Hemingway yes. and which of his works was most memorable or most powerful Correct. or just superlative in some way. That stands out, yes. Yeah, yeah. And I said, Old Man in the Sea? Right. Don't you know I turned on the telly the other day 
And you saw um, this. It must have been Turner, and it, there was the old man in the sea with so Spencer Tracy. Spencer Tracy, that Spencer what Tracy. What a spectacular movie. Yeah. I mean, it just captured everything in the book, and I don't know. My heart just broke. You know, the shark's got his fish. But, yeah. Yeah, it, it was just almost spooky that we had, I mean, how many mm-hmm. times do you talk about the old man of the sea, for goodness sakes? Yeah. And then a couple of days later, there it is on telly, and I watched it from start to finish. You I know how I am know. with movies, and yeah. I watched that one start to finish. And I was going to turn it off for the last couple of minutes, because I wasn't, I, I, I seem to recall in the book that when he got back, he didn't have any part of the fish. Now, in the movie, the, the skeleton and part of the head and, you know, there, there were some mm-hmm. things left that were still strapped to the boat that people would understand belonged to an enormous fish, just an enormous fish. Nobody had ever seen a fish that size before. But my brain thinks in the book, the sharks got everything. That's how, and, I, that's how I remember it. Yeah, and, and he finally had to cut loose what was left or the sharks were coming after him mm-hmm. and nobody would believe him when he got back right. into the village nobody would believe that he had caught this enormous fish so this was a lot kinder yeah and um, yeah i have mixed feelings about it I mean, it was a lot easier to watch than this old man who had finally out of in his entire life he had never caught a fish, never mind, you know, a sizable fish of this size especially. And I didn't want to watch the last part of it because I thought it was going to be like the book. Mm. That, you know, he he would he was just beaten and broken. The, the fish had almost beaten him half to death. Right. And it, the final blow was from his own village people who wouldn't believe that he had actually caught this fish. But that's not the way it ended in the movie. Now, I have mixed feelings about this. What do you think my mixed feelings are? Uh, <laughs> the tampering the works of an author? Yeah. Well, I was going to comment on that because a few weeks ago I played a John Dunning interview with uh, Fletcher Markle, who was, uh, who was Elliot Lewis Bennett partner. They created a series radio theater in the 70s and the mutual theater in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fletcher Markle was the one who directed and produced Ford, Ford Theater in the okay. Studio One. And he contracted with Hemingway. And back then, he was explaining that Hemingway had complete control. So he had to approve the adaptation. Mm-hmm. So I would assume Hemingway had been the same way with the, about the film. He had to approve on the adaptation of the work before it was gone to film. Hmm. When was the movie made, and when did Hemingway die? Oh, I think Hemingway died in '61. Okay. Um. I don't know when the movie was. My guess would be the late '50s. It was not part of the uh, the glory heydays of Hollywood in the '30s and '40s. So I think it had to be in the late '50s, and you know, in the '60s, Spencer Tracy was in such poor health. From, you what know, a pair they were, huh? Uh-huh. I mean, Ernest Hemingway was just... I mean, it, Spencer Tracy looked like an old man yeah. in this movie, and yeah. you just knew that not all of it was his makeup and the no. way they 
set him up. He was wonderful in the movie, um, but you could tell it it hurt him. Yeah. It hurt him in the sense that it took so much out of him um, that by the end he really had aged. So in 1958 on the movie, yeah, yeah. Hemingway, I think, was you're right in the early 61, and then and then uh, Tracy died in 68. And, yeah, um, Tracy had a very hard life. You know, he, his son was totally uh, deaf. I didn't know that. Yeah, and so they set up a famous uh, clinic in his honor at UCLA to try to help people, you know, deaf children. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Um, 1961. So the movie was 1958. Um, Hemingway died in 1961. And, you know, he was working almost up to the last. Um, his, it was such a strain and an effort for him to do that. But this was who he was. And he was so sick. I mean, his body was just, it just failed him from inside out and outside in. I mean, it was just terrible. But I, I just, I'm finding it difficult to accept that he approved of such a dramatic difference in the ending of this story. Well, I'm just assuming if he had control over any radio scripts, sure, uh, I would assume he would have the same control over any films. You know, I agree. So. I agree. It just is so. Uh, anathema to to this kind of control to allow something like that to go through such a dramatic change. I mean, the old man uh, actually triumphed in the end, even though he was very ill and the fish in there killed him because he, you know he was out in the middle of the ocean. The fish dragged him out there, but yeah, I mean, he was a hero in the movie, and he was just a pathetic um, old man in the book. I don't get it. So now that we have had our critical review of well, literature yeah. for tonight. Well, now, let me ask this. As a writer. I'd kill you. As a writer. Yeah. My rabbit. Yeah. My smart bunny rabbit here. Yeah. Write a great novel. She right. writes the American novel. Oh, what fun to think about. The great yeah. American novel. Okay. She make, okay. she makes enough to keep her cabbage and bunny rabbit food and to find a second room to store Walden CDs, okay? <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's a that's a real boon. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so she she she's in a cabbage. Mm-hmm. All right. Here comes Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Buckle, buck, deal on the table. They want to adapt your thing into the into a movie. Mm-hmm. How much control would you be willing to give up? Well, when you sell the, um, I lost the word. My brain has died, and uh, it just ran through my brain. Yeah, considering you've been up for the last oh, twenty-two hours straight, I it'll know, come. It'll yeah. come. It'll come. Um, but when when 
when a movie house, a, a, you know, a producer, yep. options, that's it. They, mm -hmm. they buy the option. Uh, they option the book. Right. It's theirs. If they want to make a movie out of it, it's theirs. You can't sell it to anybody right. else. And they pay you good money for that. I know, but that, Tommy Cook <clears throat> would tell me that that sort of game has changed a little bit. But, yeah, right. Yeah. Go ahead. And from from previous times, and I don't know how it is now, but, I mean, this wasn't terribly long ago, when they had the option, they had the option to adapt the book. You sold that right. Right. You were not allowed to come back and say, no, you can't do that, because they would say, <clears throat> yes, we can. You sold us the rights to do this. Yeah. Well, so, I'm, asking this, I, I'm asking somebody like John Grisham probably have more control on that. Well, so, I mean, look at how many of these novels we have read and enjoyed turn up in movies yeah. and don't have anything. They, they have so little in common with the right. original piece of work. You wonder how in heaven's name they can even wear the name. Right. But that's that's what they buy. If you're willing to sell the option, you also sell your soul. So would you be willing to sell sell it? No. Uh huh. I didn't think so. No. What you see is what you get, and if that's not good enough, or you want to change it, well, just gonna have to find somebody else. I mean, yeah. that 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 may be a. I don't know if that's a hard-nosed or cavalier. No, no I don't but know uh, if, somebody, if somebody now they put down a couple million dollars, it, it's something to think about. It is something to think about. Yeah. But if I've, got, if I've already got an extra room for your CDs, yeah. what else do I need? That's what I mean. And I, that's why I'm phrasing it that way, because I'm thinking yeah. that that's how Hemingway would probably be in a position. He was probably comfortable, and then the, deal, the offer came on the table. You know what I mean? I, it's not like a starving author who... He, he wasn't a starving no. writer. No. But I also think that many of the highly visible and very well-earned, acclaimed authors would look at two or three million and say, well, if that's what you got to do, that's what you got to do. I'll take the money. Mm -hmm. And that's not a criticism. That is a value judgment on their part, which is more important to them, to hold control over the piece of work that they had created mm -hmm. or walk away with the money and know that you're well taken care of for the rest of your life and everybody else around you. Mm -hmm. And he didn't have a whole lot. So I don't know. I, I just, you know, having tweaks here and there or smoothing out wrinkles because, I mean, you know, you're going to take a book and adapt it into a radio show. Yep. You, you got to do something here. You, you adhere to the core concept of the, Story. I think you're probably buying the title and the characters, and in a lot of cases, you don't have control of content. No, probably. no. So, I mean, I, I just, my gosh, to let go of something. I mean, no, it, it was the, it was the culmination of the story. You, you stayed with this fisherman, and you agonized with him as he was, he was working so hard, and his body was broken and his hands were bleeding and and you know but it, it just wasn't the same story yeah it wasn't that it was a story with an ending that was changed it was the whole story that pivoted on the ending mm -hmm. so now that we have <laughs> tracked us through the literary closet and the, the backyard and down the stairs <laughs> oh that's what uh, part it of surprised the me 
That's part of the fun we have here with Patricia Wong. We we explore and examine the deeper elements of life. Is that what we're doing? the end of the movie and not crying but i mean it, it was really it was worth crying over but i don't know help me walden you cry you cry over books or especially no, books no uh-huh. I, I well that's not really true i mean i used to uh-huh. be very stoic and uh-huh. now there are things that touch me very deeply and i'm willing to show people that they do no no Hey guys. Hey Paul. I got cut off. I know. Somehow you said, "Oh, you you, you gave a yelp and you disappeared." Yeah. All I did was close my phone, Uh-oh. which I just did just now, um, and you guys were gone. I know. We waited, and then. Uh, yeah. I said, "Are you are you there? Are you there? <laughs> there was nobody there." And was yeah. Going. Then I tried calling back, and it was busy because you guys wanted to take your break, I guess, and then it's. Been busy all the way up until just now. Yeah, I tried, and I realized I had I uh, Patricia wanted me to hear the radio show, so I, I there's a certain way I could do it the radio show. And then I realized I haven't you, fixed it. I haven't fixed it. I know. I just and I realized the boo boo I just made, so I released the phone. So Paul, you caught me. What can I say? Oh, okay. You caught me. Okay. Now we gotta find out what radio show you wanted. That, that's what we were wondering. What happened? Yes. Uh, I am prepared. Oh, oh. You hear that? How Patricia? about okay. Spy Catcher? Spy Catcher? Mm-hmm. Honest to goodness, I never heard of that show. Before. Oh, let me tell you. Okay. Um, it's real world stuff. World War II. Uh, some uh, British officer who's in charge of investigating uh, people that were suspected as being spies that were entering uh, England. And so it, it it's about him in, uh, questioning these people, and it's very, very fascinating. So he's um, poking holes in the stories. He's learning about the weaknesses, uh, uh, things that were incredible. You know, like uh, one guy supposedly swam, uh, I think, the channel at some point, and um, or some other body of water that was ocean water, and having appeared with dry clothes when he hooked up with uh, whoever found him or where, where he presented himself, he had dry clothes on, and the guy said that he had his dry clothes were in this little pack that he kept on his chest while he swam. And so, you know, he didn't believe that, but the guy was insisting on that. And so uh, he offered them the opportunity to prove it. And the, uh, the guy was in a swimming pool, swimming with this uh, pack on his chest, and he did it. Strangely, strange, hard to believe, huh? Yeah. I've never heard... Maybe it's a BBC show, Patricia. It sounds like it probably is. Yeah. So I will go out squirreling around and see if I can find it. Oh, okay. So you haven't heard it either, Walter. Uh Uh-uh. Nope. That's a new one on me. 
Oh, okay. I'm sure you would enjoy it. That sounds like um, one You bet. Another, if you can't find that, okay. let's do Jack Benny. Boy, that's a change. <laughs> I really love him. I've really come Boy, to love him. I yeah. mean, but juxtaposed with Spycatcher, to Jack Benny and Spycatcher, that's quite a difference. Well, <laughs> you know, I had I, I started a new list of ask for this next. I have a, a list of different things as I think about them or, uh -huh. or hear them that I write down, but then I, I just looked at those and said, oh, what do I want next? So I put Jack Benny, Suspense, Escape. Whistler, uh, Horizons West. You, maybe you didn't ever hear of that, too. I've um, heard of it, but I don't I think of, I, I heard I, it. I saw Spycatcher, so I thought, oh, that's probably a small amount of them. Let's ask for that first. Did you ever hear of Horizons West? I've heard yeah. of the title, but I haven't heard one episode yet. It's, um, I don't know if it's only about the Lewis and Clark expedition, but that's all I've heard. Yeah, I think from the I, I think times that I've heard it, and it is really good because it think, sounds like sounds like they're trying to do it accurate. I never have read anything about it, not at length anyway. Yeah, I um, think our friend Bob from Wisconsin talked about the series, and I think that's what it is. It was about the Lewis and Clark uh, trip, and I think it was put, produced by the Armed Forces. So, so probably a good show. Yeah, it is a good show. Yeah. It is a good show, and it shows the uh, incredible effort these people had to do to, uh, to to get through the different places they did. Mm -hmm. Dangerous Indian territory, you know, a lot of Indian um, confrontations, good and bad, and sickness. You know, yeah. it's you know, portaging, carrying boats around um, difficult passages before they could put them back in the water again. It's uh, burying food and equipment uh, for like a, for, that they're going to be returning to or something. Well, yes, it would be while they were returning to, wow. I think, because of, um, well, because of the Indians. Mm -hmm. It's uh, the last one I, I heard, they were actually at the ocean, the west. Pacific. They got to the Oregon. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, so Good. you might want to see if you can actually find Horizons West. All right. But, but if you can't find Spycatcher, go ahead to Jack Benny, please. Okay? Sounds great, Paul. You guys cutting off early tonight? Oh, I think so. Patricia had to get up at 6 in the morning to go to work. So oh. she's about, I bet she's about ready to run out of gas, considering it's almost five. So I wouldn't be surprised if we'll be shutting down fairly soon. And it's okay. not even early. No, no. It's pretty much our time. It's pretty much our time. But you did good, Patricia. Thank you. You did good. Staying up Do almost I get 20. a CD? Yes, I'll send you some more CDs. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Am I to understand that Patricia... You have a huge collection at your house. Now she does. Well, I do now. <laughs> okay, Walden, did you say that all of the stuff that you are now putting onto those huge hard drives uh -huh. that Patricia gets the hard copies of? She gets the hard copies right now, and then she's gonna put my hard drives, and that way, and then that way, we'll basically probably, you know, get, it's a good way to back up the collection, and. Uh, 
you know, she, Patricia has all this free time because, you know, I guess... She's got all of this space. <laughs> Did you say that she's going to put it on the hard drive? Uh-huh. She's going to put it on hard drive, too. Oh, also. Yep. Okay. Ron, so... has, Ron has a big... Ron has a big entourage working for him. He has a big heart. He's also <laughs> got big assignments. <laughs> Are... Huh. Yeah. You already did it at your house, at your house, Walden? Mm-hmm. Correct. But let's say something goes wrong, because, you know, there's, there's a chance that these hard drives will crash. So we're trying, yes. we're trying to back these things up three or four times. And that way, it's a safety factor. You know? Yes. No sense in having these things disappear and... Oh, no. You know? I agree. Yeah. Exactly. As I open this package... Yep. That was just sent to me. I thought, well, you know, this is really smart because uh, these people who receive these, like me, yep. you know, there there's more copies that those people are going to keep alive. And and and, uh, and sometimes Patricia can't find one of her masters, so some one of her family members sends sends a copy to her back. So one way it all works out. So you know, the right. more copies we have spread over, the better off we are. So. Patricia's large hard drives, are you going to just fill them from yours, or is she going to have to go through all that work doing it from all the hard copies that you have given to her? I I, um, I haven't talked to Miss Patricia yet to find out her wishes and desires. Uh-huh. I, I think she's never tried a hard drive yet, right, Patricia? No, I haven't hooked it up yet. So, so this is going to be a new experience for her. Yeah, we'll find so you're, I, I don't I don't mind having a new experience. It just terrifies me that I'm going to wipe out my hard drive <laughs> by putting up the external hard drive because they're they're pretty precise about because uh, I work on Macintosh, so this is not a plug and play deal for me. I have to set up a new partition, and they said if you touch this, everything on your hard drive is gone. So you have to start from scratch. So you have to be very careful. So I figure a good night's sleep is probably a very good thing before I start clicking at those last little buttons. Yeah, and maybe even some friend of yours who's who's you know a higher level than you are to to you know spend at least one afternoon with you. Just to make sure that um, the way you think yeah, it should be. Hit, that, hit this a, button, Patricia. Yeah, it's, a, it's a 10-minute deal, and it really isn't uh, a big deal. I just get wimpy. Uh-huh. I are wimpy. So, well, then how call, big are I'm those a, hard drives that you got? Like two terabytes or something like I'm that? I'm at three, and, and now at Costco, they're showing for four. They're starting to they're starting to go bigger yeah. and bigger. Yeah, actually, you know, you can actually get them even larger than that. Yeah. But the one I'll be working with is two terabytes, and I don't think that's nearly enough. So we'll we shall find see. out. We'll find out. We I, I'm at a place. My laptop it's it's worn me twice, and I've had to that my hard drive is too full, so I've had to you know, remove some things yep. to allow it to keep going safely. So I already need to buy a bigger hard drive. It's not that large. It's only 100, uh, 100 gigs, I believe is how you would say it. Um, 
So I do have a portable one that I haven't used that's 300. I'm ready to start to do that. But the size of terabytes sounds since they're not that expensive. No, they're, they're, it's a good deal. I didn't quite understand when I asked how big yours are. Well, Mine is, right now I'm at three. I have one at one point. I have one at one point three. I have a couple in the ones, and then the rest of my views I have one at two. The ones I'm working on are all three, three terabytes. So how many hard drives total do you have? Four, four, uh, and working on two currently. So, so and wait a minute. I think it's one, two, three, four, five, six, five. I've got six in play. Six in place, and and when you go to, do you actually require all of those six, or well, because I, well, I got different things on different ones, so when I so look up, you actually some, use all the different six. I do. And for you to do that, being blind, this is this new board that. Oh, that board probably doesn't have anything to do with it, does it? Well, does it? It'll. It, both my, my computers are hooked up to to the board, so I, I use the board to go back and forth and look up stuff and transfer stuff and you bet I'm working on it, so it's all it's all a big puzzle in a way. So when you know that you're going to play, say four different programs mm -hmm. uh, on a night like tonight, right? Before the program even starts, do you have them all picked out and sitting there waiting, like yep. on some kind of queue for you to? Yep, correct. That's how I'm doing it. I'm, uh, I, I sort of think what we might use for tonight, and then I put them all on a second computer on the desktop, and then I, and then I label the show Friday night, Saturday night, or Sunday night, and I will put them in there, and so if I need it. I'll get go to it. If okay. it's if it's not in there, then I got to go pull out one of the hard drives and go put that together. So and that takes probably more. If you wanted to just find something right away, that would probably take a little too much time. If you had to well, go. Well, I could do it. I'm not. I but that's why I have friends. That's why I have John and Larry on Friday and Patricia on Saturday. I ha I have them to do the work. I call having an entourage. You know. That's what I was just going to ask. <laughs> sounded like Trisha had Fibber and McGee set up, right? Yep, she picked it out. She picked it out. I played it. I played she it. played but, it. I played it, but she picked it out. Oh, okay. Okay, that's, that's, that's why she's so smart. She knows what she wants to talk about. Uh, okay. Yeah. Now, um, when I realized that you probably flipped a switch and or something to where the phone was still just but, being yeah, wanted, signal. Right, Patricia wanted me to listen to the show, so I can't listen to the front part of the house. So I, 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 she was what one could you hear this one? Uh, how Perry say something? So what I did, because I need to go to the restroom and I need to uh, uh, get something to eat. I, I, I threw a switch that way I could put the uh, broadcast in my phone in the front part of the house. So that's why we tied up. So I needed, a, okay. I needed to use it for a few minutes. Okay. Now, yeah. this is what I thought of as I kept trying to get through. Uh-huh. Was, uh, boy, if 
they're, if they don't get any more calls and they're thinking nobody's calling them, I don't really have an option to um, help them out to, to, to know if uh, whether or not they did something wrong. Well, that's the only way we do that when I screw up, and I've done that before. I forgot to hang up. It has to send a Patricia an email. But she'll, okay, she'll see it on her email. Oh. That's how we do it. So, okay, so, so Patricia, you have your lap. I know you have your laptop. You're there, Patricia? I'm here. I know you have your laptop on all the time because you use it during the show. So mm-hmm. um, do you have some kind of little sound that happens to let you know if somebody emailed you, if if you're not looking at the email page? No. How- I just check it out fairly frequently. Okay. And... Um, so, so if, you're if, not if I'm looking being up good, then I would know you have it on the email uh-huh. page. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so she'll check it pretty cool a lot throughout the show. Okay. I can't look at emails when I'm doing the show. So okay. Patricia is... I, have a is question. A, I don't know why not. Well, I'm lazy. No. You rascal, you're not. <laughs> well, he would have to, you would have to listen to two things at one time, right, yeah, Walden? true. You would have to listen to the email yep. and listen to the show. Yep, and I'd rather listen to Patricia because she's smarter than my email. Oh, boy, are you an operator? Uh, yes, I do. Oh, I am. yes, you are. I am. Yes, you are. Yeah. Okay, Paul. I will. I will get um get going and see if I can find your spy show. It sounds like fun. Sounds like a good one. I love British shows. So it'll be oh, a treat yeah, for me if I can uh, talk it down. Yeah, the guy has an accent. Um, you'll learn some some spycraft stuff. You know okay. that, that people did, like for invisible writing and stuff like that. You are now warned, Walden. I hear you. I'm going to be a spy cracker. I hear you. Yeah. <laughs> you have to put your spy suit away. I'll find it. That's true. Hey, um, I have a question I'm going to ask Bill Bragg, but you probably already know this. I thought that sometime, a long time ago, that he, he put a number out there that if somebody text him in this number, I will actually get the text right now, but I couldn't imagine him putting out phone number, his phone number you know, to his cell because it's private. Does he have uh, some kind of texting I think he setup? does. I think he does. I don't know what it is though, because I've been I haven't heard him uh, on the live show a lot because I'm I've been working a lot at night, so I I think there's a way you can actually um, text somebody, and he probably gave that out. I just don't know what it is, so probably you gotta give Bill a call and find out. Yeah, and, I'll, I'll, and I'll he would that. tell you. And what what is this um, chat room that I hear him mention about, like from from members, and what is a member? The people who donate, yeah, people who donate five dollars a month to help me. to help the station, uh, they get a little password and username. So just let Bill, and Bill will set you up with Kim, and Kim will give it to you, and then you can go in and and involve in the chat room. And uh, it's mostly after Monday through Thursday, 
nights during the live shows where most people hang out. And, you know, they interact with Bill and Mike. And occasionally, when Patricia and I are not too busy, we, we will get together and, and join everybody and just have a good time. But, uh, that's, that's, that's what it's all about. I've never actually, um, been in a chat room. I've never, I was never in one until we, until we started the station one a few years ago. And it's a good family place. So you, so if you ever do it, I think you'll have a good time. Okay. Now, so, uh, am I, I'm supposed to email Bill to uh -huh. say, uh, uh, when you call him, he'll, 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 he'll hand you over to Kim. And Kim can give you the password and and, and, uh, and your password and username. Every everybody has a separate password and username. Oh, okay. And you you'll have it. Okay. Okay. All right, well, Paul. I'm gonna say goodbye because maybe there's somebody else that Could still be. wants to call you. Sound good. Thank you, Paul. Yeah, so much enjoy talking with you guys. We love yeah, having you give a us a call. high point for me. <laughs> so I hope you guys have a real great week. And you too, Paul. And doing well. Thanks so much. You too. Thanks, Paul. Okay, good night. Good night. Bye-bye. All right, everybody. Sorry about the phone thing. I forgot. I thought I had it hung up know. over here. That I, had I a don't know. You know, I always say I need a keeper. Maybe we'll have to share one. Well, I think we got a deal. I'll look after you as long as you look after me. It's cheaper that way. It might be cheaper, but is it effective? Can uh, we do that? Uh, well, maybe that's why we have the family. They can look after <laughs> us. <laughs> maybe we better put the job up for grabs. Oh, my goodness. And you know who we have not heard from, and I need to send him an email this week. We haven't heard from Nolan. I know. Well, you might want to give him a call. Yes, I, I do believe I will. He and his son were going out to do a guy thing for a week. They were traveling around. You know what else? And I haven't heard from him. You know what else then, we need so. to do? We need to have you write up the script for no one to do I our know, voiceover I know. I was thinking work. about that, too. Yeah. And a script for our, our Saturday show. Our Saturday show. Uh-huh. And maybe you want to change our bumper music around a little bit. Whatever Patricia wants to do. And you want to do what with the music? Well, maybe you want a, a new theme music or something. You know. Oh. Like Give Alexander's it. Ragtime Band? Uh huh. Or, or something. Or uh, Saturday Night. Or, or Al Sat Jolson. Or, oh, I, my or maybe, maybe Ethel Merman. No, I thought Patricia would like to say uh, Saturday Night is the longest night a week. Or, except, except when you're with us. That's right. You know, whatever, you know, Patricia should have the freedom to uh, to create our own little openings and maybe little wild tracks and stuff like that there. You know. Stuff, yeah. Like, yeah, uh, and no one's like now here, Walt and Patricia. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, the two kids who are left out in the front yard of the plane and can't get back in. <laughs> we got left out in the cold, so we're making the most of it. <laughs> Oh, dear me, I'm getting silly. <laughs> oh, you're too funny. So, yeah, I do have to call. Nolan is one of our, oh, ever so long time friends mm -hmm. and was a DJ with the station for a very long time. Mm -hmm. He also did 
the introduction for Bill and Mike during the week. When you hear, and here's Bill Bragg, the man with a million fr- oh no, the man with a million fa- friends, Bill Bragg. That wonderful, distinctive voice is our friend Nolan, and we usually hear from him occasionally in the wee hours. He's uh-huh. one of the family who gets up early and makes the coffee for yeah. us before we go to bed. And, and we haven't heard from him, well, so I'm, concerned, I'm getting a little concerned. And considering we haven't been up in a week, so this is the latest we've been up in about a month, so... That's right, we we got trashed. Yeah, computer stuff. You Especially know, I mean, the computer, the, the, the... Station went station down. Station computers went bazonkers, yeah. and we had to leave early, and then Life 365 pulled the plug on everybody. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't permanent, of course, but... Oh, it took to... It took to... Yeah, it took to late. It took to late Sunday to get us back up. It was a big deal what they did. Really? Yeah. My goodness. So, well, that's our story. We're sticking to it. You bet. And I still have some questions. Alrighty. I didn't ask you all your questions. Let me see here. So, but you know, of course, if I save them until next week, then I don't have to do any work. <laughs> Okay, let me ask you this. What? Let's look at our guest list. Uh, you want some time to prepare for Alan Young, or you want me <gasps> to book him Saturday? Are you kidding? I need a month. Okay, that's what I've asked. Well, and, you know, I, just a couple of weeks with him, because I, I really need to do some serious homework. That's what I was wondering. I, I didn't know. Okay, and then with Tommy Cook and Ivan Curley, should I plan? You want me to space him out a little bit, or how do you want to do it? Yeah, if you could do that, okay. that would be great. Okay. Um, whoever we wind up with in July, it is Christmas in July. I know. So That's why I didn't know if you want. I don't know if you want to keep Christmas in July separate. Well, I think we can have guests as long as they know. I'm going to ask for a Christmas story. You is know. That okay. That's it. That's a good one. Or what? Sound like. I, what? I, like, yeah, I could. Uh, we'll work some stuff out here. You know? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And we always have Major Brian. Okay. You know, Bill? That's why I wanted to know what your, what your thoughts before I went ahead and jump up and down and rearrange your life. <laughs> and say, pick me, pick me. Yeah. Okay. We need to put our heads together. Okay. And then we have to, that's <laughs> we have to put some shows together. Yep. So that's why I wanted to know what you, if you want a little prep time for Alan. And that yeah, might... I, I would really appreciate it. I mean, he's such a special person, and he's done so many things. We know him for Mr. Ed, but he's done so many, well, many things. Well, considering he screwed McDuck, yeah, he'd be appropriate for Christmas in July. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. He is Scrooge McDuck, um, Donald's uncle, with the bank vault. Mm-hmm. Counts his pennies, knows how much the vault weighs. If you walk off with a coin, he knows it. So it's um, and he's got such a rich heritage and background. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I need to do some homework on that. Okay. So next week, uh, we're here next week, or yeah, we're here. We're here on the fifteenth. So and then the twenty-second, we're in Seattle. So okay. I was just looking at people's birthdays and Christmas. I most likely I'll have Tommy on before his birthday. I'm thinking. I'm thinking maybe the twenty-ninth. And when is his birthday? The 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 fifth, that Friday. She'll be the week before. 
I know that because I wrote it down. Yes. Look at that. Tommy Cook birthday on the 5th. Um, yeah. And then maybe we can have... Uh, maybe we should try for Alan on the 12th or something. Give you a, at least you'll have a month out. Yeah. Yeah. And then we'll have the major in there. So that probably should be our July routine, maybe. Unless I find a Santa Claus. Uh huh. We could talk to Santa Claus. Oh, I know. Well. Oh, that would be so cool. Well, we we need to. You know. Oh be. well, we, and also we gotta get Stephen Breyer in here somewhere. We could get what? Stephen Breyer in here somewhere. Oh, oh, yeah, oh, justice, please. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, hey, Steve, how are? No, you don't do that. Even if you like old time radio, the man is Supreme Court justice. <laughs> we we have hey, Steve. we have stuff to do um, here. Hey, you hey, know, we have to go to Miss Manners School yeah. of Protocol. I think but, we'll get calm, Steve. Hey, Steve, we just want to talk about old-time radio with you. Oh, we just trashed that opportunity, didn't we? <laughs> <laughs> some, of us, some of us read the book. You know? <laughs> says, yes, you address him by justice. Mm-hmm. Yes, Justice Breyer. This is good. Okay, would you like some questions? I would love now, it. Now that, now that we have set the world on fire. I love being with you, so we can stay up all night asking questions. You bet. No, we can't. <laughs> Trust me. No, <laughs> oh, dear me. You no, we, we, we have done 7 o'clock frequently. Tonight can't be one of them. Okay, let me see here. Mm-hmm, you're telling me, you're telling me you're going to run out of gas before I do? Yeah. Okay. I had to think. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. So this is your other Stump Walden question. Mm -hmm. What year was the Rose Bowl first broadcast on radio? 1927. No. And I even checked it. Well, maybe that's maybe that KFI first broadcast. Then how about 23? 1923, KHJ yep. in Los Angeles. In Los Angeles. Broadcast, so I guess it was local. I guess yep. I would think it was the first NBC broadcast in 27. Okay, KHJ with the uh, Don Lee affiliate, later became part of Mutual. And they did it January 1st, 1923. Wow. Good stuff. That's, I mean, think about that. That's 90 years ago. I know. You know, it, it, I think... I get inured to this kind of stuff because we listen to the old-time radio shows, and it says, oh, yes, this was 1939. Well, that's cool. You know, that's a really nice show, and and we listen to all of these people. And then when I stop and think, 1939? Good grief, that was more than 70 years ago. And, and we don't really think much of it. I mean, here, we're, okay. no. what's, 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 uh, we're going to toss to Tommy Cook. He started radio in 1938, only 75 years ago. See, and and that's part of it. I just have, I, I've lost all touch with timelines. Yes. They, they just aren't there. You no. know, the shows are there. We're here. Mm-hmm. We listen. But when I start counting backwards, my goodness, that's a lot of time. Mm-hmm. I, you know, and I, that's what I've been thinking. I think old-time radio, the hobby, it's been so good 
for us in a lot of ways to think about it. It's it's a great bonding to bond the younger generation to the older generation to mm-hmm. get together. Mm-hmm. And it's a segue yeah. to friendships that ordinarily would not have, not, people wouldn't have awesome. even met, never mind developed friendships. Correct. When you have a common interest. So, yeah. I'm There's gl- lots of good things. I'm glad, I'm glad we found each other. And I'm glad we found our family. Yeah. I'm glad they found us. us. All because of this good little stuff. hobby. Yep. Good, good stuff. You know? Mm-hmm. Sometimes Pooh Bear is right. Okay. We have two brain teasers, one presidential question, and two baseball questions. You can't have them all. Which would you like? Oh, I love them all. Point five. Brain teaser. Brain teaser. Brain teaser one or brain teaser two? Let's do two. Let's do two first. Okay, number two. Sam is the person we're talking about. Sam is at work. He goes off to his right. Then he goes off to his left. And he does this three times, and he passes a man in a mask. What is Sam's occupation? Well, then you've got to get this. I got it. He's a catcher. He passes the man in a mask. Yeah, he's um, he's a baseball player. Yep. I was thinking a baseball catcher, but a baseball player, right. More general yeah, than that. He, he passes mm-hmm. the man in a mask. You did very well. That was supposed to thump you. Oh. Okay. All right. What what else do we want here? Well, should we go for the yellow stumper? Okay. I mean, uh, yeah, let's go for the stump one question next. Okay. What question can I ask you all day long? And you will give me a different answer all day long. The Daisy Hill Puppy Farm. <laughs> I love when Patricia giggles and laughs. One of my great thrills in life. You know? That's what friends are for. Hopefully she'll pick herself off the table. And uh, if not, I've lost her. Okay. Are we there? We're here. You put yourself on mute. You put yourself I'm, on I'm mute. Here. I'm talking, you know. I didn't I'm, hear. I wonder, if, I wonder if I leaned on my phone. You could have. You, you oh. started to break up and that was the last I heard you. Oh, I think I had a nap. Oh, good. Yeah. Well, Walden, each time I try to stump Walden, at least once a year, sometimes twice a yes. year, twice a year, I guess, I will ask him where Snoopy was born. Yes. And he just gets befuddled on that one. He remembers everything except Snoopy's birthplace. And that's what it is. I can't befuddle you anymore. The Daisy Hill Puppy Farm. You did it. You can try me again in July. Yeah, well, I, this this is probably correct because I didn't ask the question. You just <laughs> delivered the answer. So that's the mistake. You should have asked me the question and then I wouldn't know. Why is it my... How did I know you were going to talk about what... Because we know each other. Not that well. Yes, we do. I mean, it just fell out of your mouth. 
Well, we oh, yeah. you didn't ha- you didn't have to ask me the question. I knew the answer, so that's we're tight. If you do that, I think we need help. Who can I give us? I don't. And know. And considering what we have, what we, what you and I have in our in your in your purse and in my pocket, I, we're not going to hire very good help. We don't. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody who has us as a patient, <laughs> I wouldn't go to a doctor who would have us as a patient. That's true. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm. I'm. I want to give you one of your baseball questions. Alrighty. I think this one is spectacular. Are we ready? Let's do it. I am going to read a stanza of a song, and I want you to name the song and who sang it. Sure. Now the children try to find it, and they can't believe their eyes, for the old team isn't playing. And the new team hardly tries. I don't know the song. I never heard of it either. It's a Frank Sinatra song. And the name of it is There Used to Be a Bulk Box. Yes, yeah. I I, uh, I know the song. Um, I've heard I heard the song, but I didn't know that was part of the frame. It's, it's very it's a very It's a sad song. Very sad. It's a very sad, sad. It's, it's probably about Everett Field in Brooklyn. I, I can't recall if they even mentioned. I don't think they do. It, uh, you know, I mean, my goodness, it starts out There's, with there used to be a ballpark used to be a where ballpark. the field was warm and green and the yeah. people played a crazy game with a joy I've never seen. How the people watched with wonder, how they laughed and how they cheered. Yes, there used to be a ballpark right here. Right, Larry and King used to play a lot on his all-night radio show. That's why I was familiar with it. Did he? Yeah. Well, I mean, it is just so touching when you get down to the end and it says, and the sky has gotten cloudy when it used to be so clear, and the summer went so quickly this year. There used to be a ballpark right here. It's so sad. Yeah, it's sad. You should hear the song. It's probably up on YouTube. It's a very melancholy well, song. Well, it was up on YouTube, and I'm so sad about the words. I don't know if I want to listen to the music. Yeah, I think it, I think you'd be you'd be sad. Hmm. It really is sad. Mm-hmm. You know, they 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 tear down stadiums like they're they're I don't know little huts in the backyard, and there's no sense of history any longer. I mean, when we had Yankee Stadium forever, the Yankees were there and the people were there and the Yankee Stadium, you could see it from the roadways. There was history. I mean, people loved that place. It you didn't bet. matter if everybody couldn't fit in there. They loved Yankee Stadium. Yeah. And what happened to it? It's gone. We have a new ballpark. All gone. All gone. And does anybody know what the new stadium looks like? No. I don't. They kept some semblance of the old ones for the new one, but, you know, it now has a lot. Some semblance doesn't count when you need splinters in your seat. (laughs) (laughs) Well, now, uh, you think gigantic suites and... I know, and these big skyboxes. Yeah, and now, I mean, seats around home plates. When it first opened a couple, four or five, six years, it was unbelievable what they were paying. Oh, my, and that was six years ago. Yeah. Oof. I don't know how they do it. I just do not know. And that so. must be the Wall Street money they can buy those seats. I think it was like $3,000 a ticket 
to watch a bunch of guys run around on uh-huh. the grass? Are yep. you kidding me? Yep. Put game. I need I need to get out more. Uh, can I, can I, we afford it? Can we afford it? <laughs> we can't even afford we can't even afford to get Patricia a bookcase for her stack of CDs here. She needs a truck. Okay, I'm going to ask you your second baseball question. All right. Because of the first, you get a second. Where was the first baseball stadium built? And what was it? I think it was the Pole Ground in New York. No. Take one more shot and then I'll tell you. Hmm. Was it Crosby Field in Cincinnati? It surprised me. It was Forbes Field in Pittsburgh. Forbes Field in Pittsburgh. Forbes wow. Field, and it opened on June 30th, 1909, and the Chicago Cubs beat the Pittsburgh Pirates oh, on wow. their opening day oh, in their wow. brand new stadium. Wow. That was wow. terrible. Wow. It wasn't too bad. It was three to two, but still, yeah. they yeah. they lost their very first game in their brand new stadium. Oh wow! Poor babies. Yeah. I tell you, you know. Okay. What else? Might as well go through the whole thing. Yep. Yeah. You put all this work in. It's the night that you're disposing. That way, you have to do new stuff. Yeah. All right. I'm disposing. Well, I mean, a lot of this stuff was new. Your baseball questions were new. I know. Let me see. And we got Andrew Jackson. So that means we've only got one brain teaser and your presidential question. Okay. Let's do the brain teaser. Second brain teaser. Didn't I ask this? Yeah, you asked me the second one. Now you're going to ask me the first one. I thought I... I, I can ask you a question all day long, well, and but, I will get a different answer from you every single time, and yet every answer you give me is going to be correct. What's the question? Didn't I ask that? No. I I'm, didn't. Read that, I read, one, read, read that one again. I'm confused. Okay. You're, you're, I'm, I'm going to ask you a question. Mm-hmm. I'm going to ask you the same question all day long. All day long, you give me a different answer each time I ask that question. But every answer is correct. It's different, but it's correct. What's the question? What time is it? Excellent! Yes! Oh, boy, are you hot tonight. Yeah, I was thinking of the famous song from the Irving Berlin song, you know, yeah. How Much Do I Love You? And, and you know, that in that one have the, um, you know, how deep is the ocean, how high is the sky, you know, that, that, so that's another one. But I got thinking that wouldn't be correct because you could always say how high is the sky every single time. So that's what got me thinking about the time. And that's what it is. I will ask you the same question. What time is it? Mm-hmm. You will give me a different answer depending on what time of the day. Oh. And every answer is correct. 
I tell you, I have to get, I'm going to start looking for harder questions for you. Mm -hmm. You are so far out of the box, I need to put you back in the box. (laughs) Okay. We have a presidential question left. What? Do it. Which president had a parrot that cursed at his funeral? Did I ask you this one already? No. Um. Hello there. You're on here. Well, good morning. Damn. Well, good morning to you. Did you make the coffee for us? Well, I guess I could. Well, Dan, you better get started. If I had coffee in the house. That's true. Oh, probably, I forgot. You yeah. don't drink coffee. Do you, you would... drink tea? I do drink tea. I could make you some nice southern sweet tea. Ah, uh, could we have, um, or could I have just nice southern unsweet tea? I guess we could do that. That would be nice. I'm a sugar I drink, I drink my coffee black and I drink my tea black also. I'm a Pepsi guy. Pepsi and Coke. So whatever you have your soft drinks over there, Dan, I'll take that. Yeah. He gets I, fussy, I, you know? Do what now? He's fussy. He gets fussy. We get invited into your home. You're yep. going to make us tea. Yep. And now he's ordering other stuff. Well, Dan, Dan knows me. He, he knows I don't mean no, nothing. You notice he didn't give us his address? I have it because I have to send his envelope somewhere. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I wouldn't blame him if he didn't give it to us. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I think think if you and I showed up Dan's front door, don't you think he'll let us in? I think one of us should be guarding the back door. Well, what kind have of I like cops, you know, in in um, NCIS, the co- you know, they, they come to the door, and before they go banging on the door, they just nod to each other, and they scurry around like little ants, and they cover all of the exits. So we're going to have to cover all the exits. Mm-hmm. Well, we and had then you're a, with us. We had a wide-ranging topic night so far from, uh, we did. from Ernest Hemingway to, oh, the, boy. to the old man of the... Old Man and the Sea. Yes. To Crazy Serial. Oh, that, my goodness. That was an interesting topic. To oh, crazy, crazy Serial. You crazy Serial, you would not believe. The brand. Things, things like Nerds and Slimer and Thingos. These didn't last very long, by the way. Okay. We, no, I don't believe so. We looked at uh, how much it cost to buy Hopalong Cassidy merchandise when it first came out. Oh, boy. I bet that was a hot topic. Yeah, it was. And we talked about uh, minimum wage in 1950 and what what we could have, what, what the purchasing power. Uh-huh. So, so, basically, we could have we all could have found a place to stay for about 25% of our salary. I bet. I uh, bet. You know, so it's just, those are some of the highlights. Now, Patricia keeps notes on everything, so, uh, oh, God, I have to mention that, uh, Patricia, the lady called last, she is just so delighted she has her gift, her gift card. For, as oh, being, good. For being oh, the good. monthly winner last week. And we, we took, we took some, we took a vote on the new, on the schedule. Do we want to keep the same? And Patricia is protesting that she doesn't want to give up the uh, Friday night show, so... Oh, I'm not protesting. I'm scared. 
I don't, I don't want to lose my job. I'm really having a good time on these projects.